Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the show. This is episode 63 of the Pure Ambition Podcast. I'm your host, Dom Fusco. I appreciate you hanging out with me, tuning in today. With me, Taylor Morgan, who is one of the most interesting people I have ever had the pleasure of conversing with on this show. And this episode, this conversation was incredibly fascinating to me. It was all about optimizing your life with health, happiness, and productivity hacks. And it was just one of the most insightful, informative, and fun conversations I have ever had. So who is Taylor Morgan? He's a Marine Corps vet, holistic lifestyle specialist, ecopreneur, and helps impact-driven entrepreneurs achieve balance and accelerate growth by optimizing their health and productivity. He has spent the last eight years studying holistic health and has influenced over 50,000 people to optimize their lifestyle. His work has been featured internationally in multiple health and business-related publications, podcasts, and even on live news. His mission statement is to inspire others to live the captain's lifestyle, which you guys are going to hear more about as you tune into the show. He does this by expressing his happiness, relentless pursuit of excellence, eagerness to face challenge, and adventurous personality. And in this episode, Taylor and I dive deep into how we can all begin to optimize our lives and enhance our health happiness, and productivity. Tune in as we discuss mindset, vision, brain health, sleep, relationships and communication, nutrition, biohacking, and some of the best things we can do to optimize our sleep, our brain health, our overall life, our happiness. It was just an amazing conversation. And I think it's one of the most important conversations I've had in a long time. And these are all, there are a lot of tips in this episode that you can take today, implement into your life and begin to see some great results. So I am super excited and I hope you enjoy this episode with the captain, Taylor Morgan. I am joined today by the captain himself, Taylor Morgan. Taylor, thanks for joining me today, bro. What up, Dom? Thanks for having me. Of course, man. I, uh, I came across your content recently and you were a guy that I immediately went down the rabbit hole of the stuff that you were posting. I was, I turned on your post notifications, your story notifications. I was like, I am super interested in the way that you live your life. So how do you live your life? Like, how have you gotten to this point in your life where you just seem so excited, so inquisitive? Um, you're, you do so many different things. You're involved in so much. So how have you gotten to this point in your life? Wow. Fantastic question. Uh, well, it, it seems like a, a two-part question, how I live my life and then how I got to this point. So first one, I'll give a simple answer that there's a lot that goes into it, but it's uh, how I live my life is living the captain's lifestyle, right? That's, that's the whole brand that I created. Now, of course, there's a whole lot that goes into that, um, you know, like core values and mission statement, vision statement and purpose behind all of that. Um, so how I got there is a little bit of a different story. I'll take it back to my time in the Marine Corps. That's what I thought that I wanted to do for the rest of my life was be a Marine. I very quickly found out that that was not the case. I had a lot of issues with leadership. Uh, I don't believe that at least my experience in the Marine Corps was with strong leadership. It was more of a dictatorship, like do as I say, just because I said so, because I am in power and you can't do anything about it, which is no way to actually lead. 
Um, so yeah, served four years as a machine gunner in the Marine Corps. During that time, had some struggles with alcohol. At the time, I would never have called myself an alcoholic. Um, but looking back at like in society standards, probably was close, you know, drinking every weekend in Marine Corps standards. And, you know, I really didn't drink that much, which is pretty scary. <laughs> um, so this led to my first major failure, which led to my first major breakthrough. I broke my ankle while drunk, being stupid, jumping from rooftops of beach houses in Southern California. Crazy story behind that. Um, but yeah, that, so that was like a, a literal wake up call. It like literally sobered me up and I was like, shit, I can't keep going down this path that I've been on. I was not as healthy as I thought I was. Uh, sleep was horrible, super stressed out. Um, diet was not good. I was doing the best that I knew how at the time, but this breaking of the ankle really led me down this rabbit hole of holistic health started reading, listening to the podcast, taking online college courses, you know, doing everything. Uh, so that was my first major failure. Uh, and then moving on past that, became a CrossFit coach, thought that's what I wanted to do for the rest of my life. I coached CrossFit for about five years, ended up being recruited to be the head coach of the biggest CrossFit gym in Saudi Arabia. Uh, and I actually turned down a position that I was offered in the Cayman Islands at the same time, simply because Saudi Arabia paid me more money. So I thought, okay, I just spent four years in the Marine Corps, hating life for little money. I could go to Saudi Arabia, a place I know I'm not going to particularly enjoy for more money. Found out very quickly that that was not the case. I could give two shits about money if I'm not satisfied with how I'm making it or the impact that I'm having. So even though I was head coach, they wouldn't let me really run the gym how I believed that it should be ran uh, based on the core values that we created together. So I was not going to sacrifice my personal values. I didn't enjoy the just the country as a whole. Of course, there's exceptions, right? But just the culture in general was almost completely opposite of how I wanted to live my life. So I quit, created the captain's lifestyle which is what I do now. Uh, it's holistic lifestyle coaching, primarily for impact-driven entrepreneurs. And I, I primarily coach men. And that's long story short to what I do now, uh, the captain's lifestyle. So obviously there's a lot that goes into that, but I, I think we'll, we'll leave it at that for now. And you've grown the captain's lifestyle and your coaching program. It is something pretty impressive. So first, just want to acknowledge you for all the work that you've done there. You've been featured on many podcasts and featured on live TV even. So where did, when you decided to start this, how did you start? How did you begin? And then how has it evolved into what it is now? Yeah, good question. So it actually first started before I left for Saudi Arabia, uh, when I was still a CrossFit coach, I once I started doing all this reading and listening to podcasts and learning, I began to realize that what I once thought was like the pinnacle of health, which was fitness, which is why I got into CrossFit. Um, and then CrossFit teaches this as well. They teach a little bit about nutrition and, you know, proper form. And it's not just fucking go hard and kill yourself every workout. So I started to learn more that, 
okay, you can't just crush yourself in the gym. You have to recover from these workouts. And that is primarily where sleep comes in. And then in order to fuel your body properly and feel good in the workouts, that requires proper nutrition and you have to get adequate sunlight and you have to reduce your stress. And so all these things start to come in. And so I was like, wow, as a coach, people are coming to me saying, Hey coach, I've been coming into the gym for so long now. Why am I not seeing the results? And I'd ask them, okay, how is your sleep? How is your nutrition? What are your stress levels? Like their answers would always be the same. Like, uh, you know, I'm lucky if I get six or seven hours, my diet is pretty good. And anybody who says their diet is pretty good. It's usually crap. Uh, and they're stressed out via work relationships, whatever. And I told them, I was like, okay, well, you can't expect to make progress in the gym. If all these other aspects of your life are subpar, mm-hmm. right? You can't expect going to the gym for one hour to offset the other 23 hours of a bad lifestyle. Mm-hmm. So I, I started thinking, I was like, okay, well, I need to create something to help spread this awareness. Cause at the time there was nothing that I knew of. So I was like, okay, I'll just create it. So I came up with the captain's lifestyle my last name, Morgan. So Captain Morgan has always kind of been my nickname. So it's like the captain's lifestyle, but I don't want people to, I think they used to at the beginning kind of misconstrue that as like, you have to live my lifestyle to be great. It's like, no, like we're all the captains of our own lives. Should we choose to be? Um, and so that's kind of how the captain's lifestyle was born. And obviously it's evolved to something a little bit different, uh, and bigger to what it is today. So what were, what were one of the main things that like when you started working with clients, like I know you just mentioned a lot of different things that they were going through, but it's pretty much the same things that we all go through. You know, like we, we get our workouts and we're consistent with our workouts. That's like the one thing most people are consistent with, but you know, tracking macros, getting adequate, adequate calories, um, eating enough whole foods, getting enough supplementation and like taking the right supplements, the right vitamins, like what was the number one thing out of those things that you saw the biggest struggle with, with your clients that you were able to help them with? By far, it's time management. Mm. Uh, Cause I work primarily with entrepreneurs uh, and even men who, who come to work with me, who aren't entrepreneurs, maybe they're, you know, successful businessmen. Um, but it's by far some variation of time management or productivity or lack of focus you know, something like that, that is first and foremost, the, the biggest thing. Um, so yeah, I, I, the reason why I quit coaching CrossFit is, was because I wasn't making the impact that I wanted to. And that was because people were coming to me asking how to like get better at pull-ups or deadlift or these things that really don't matter. Like if you're not sleeping well, if you're not eating well, if you're not getting outside, getting sunlight, connecting with nature, if you're not having quality relationships, how you deadlift or the amount of pull-ups you can do or how fast you can run literally makes no difference. So I, I cut all that out, exercise. And that's like one of the last things I teach in my program, because in reality, it matters a whole lot less than people think. So there's a whole hierarchy of, um, of um, pillars that I go through in my program, at starting off with mindset. Like everything's got to be going right up top before we worry about anything else. So you talk about those couple pillars there. What are those pillars in your coaching program? Yeah. So there's six, uh, first off 
like I mentioned, mindset, vision, and brain health. So it's kind of three in one and there's a lot there. So we spend the whole first month on that first pillar. So mindset, everything from, you know, growth mindset, that's a very foundational pillar to balancing out your neurotransmitter levels. So I work with clients one-on-one. So I have them take a test to determine their neurotransmitter deficiencies, you know, based on that, give them specific supplements or nutritional strategies to rebalance that out. Cause that can affect everything from brain fog to focus, to sleep, to mood. You know, if, if something's not wired correctly in your brain, that can affect obviously everything. Uh, and then vision. So your MVVP mission, vision, values, and purpose, who you are as a man, what you want to be remembered as the legacy you want to leave the things you want to accomplish, things like that. Uh, we spend the whole first month on that. After that, we dive into sleep, which I believe is the next most important thing, really dialing in the quality of your sleep. It's not just about the eight hours, right? That's, that's like a myth. People hear that now, granted, it's a good general, you know, guideline, but in reality, you could, uh, you could absolutely get six and a half to seven hours of sleep. Now, granted, everybody listening, if you're getting six and a half to seven hours and you think you're good, you're probably not. Most people have poor quality sleep. So that's why I wear this ring, the aura ring. I also recommend the whoop, which is a wristband. So I track my client's sleep and actually see, okay, how much deep sleep, how much REM sleep are you getting? Again, giving specific strategies to balance that out. And then we go into uh, relationships and communication, how to communicate effectively and build meaningful connections with other people. That is highly underrated, something a lot of people don't think about, uh, both in a business standpoint, as well as just personal happiness. After that, we go into nutrition. So I don't follow any one size fits all diet or meal plan. It's all specific to you, again, by taking tests, a DNA test and a gut microbiome test. And after that, we go into exercise and not just crushing yourself in the gym for an hour a day but living an active lifestyle. So as you can see, I'm recording this podcast, standing up. Um, so just living an active lifestyle. I go out for a morning walk or run every morning. And I'm, I'm, my default state is movement, right? Whereas most people's default state is sitting or lounging, right? And then last but not least, we get into the sexy stuff that everybody wants to talk about, the biohacks and supplements, like all these quick fix pills and, you know, the cool things that's last that we need to be worrying about. Sure. And I want to pull something from that is sleep, which I've been fascinated by sleep. I've been diving into Matthew Walker and Andrew mm -hmm. Huberman. So like, I'm sure two guys you're very much familiar with They're, you know, the top of the top in both of their fields of study and sleep and neuroscience. So let's say, for example, like for me, I get about probably between like, yeah, six and eight on any given night. How, if I don't have a whoop or an aura ring, how am I able to tell whether I'm getting good sleep or not? And how can I improve? Like say my day is jam packed. I'm a hard work person, like whatever. I can realistically only get six and a half hours of sleep or seven hours of sleep. How do I optimize that time that I have that I'm asleep? Good question. And I will answer it. But first, this is exactly why I start with mindset first, mm, because the mindset yeah. that you have to cram pack everything into this time and sacrifice your sleep 
is a self-limiting belief that is especially holding entrepreneurs back from everything that they want to accomplish. That is a false mindset. Okay. So first I address that in the program. So say we've already done that. You've kind of got that. And now we still need to optimize sleep, obviously. First off, if you're getting between six and eight hours, I can already tell you that your sleep is low quality because that two hour difference is a big difference. If you, um, you know, a common example that a lot of people might resonate with is you wake up and go to bed around the same time, Monday through Friday. And then if you have a nine to five, at least you sleep in a little bit later on the weekends. That's very common. And then Monday morning comes around and you have to wake up at that same time to go to work again. And now you're groggy because you slept in on the weekends and your body was starting to get used to that new schedule. Okay, now we're getting more sleep. I don't have to be ready at this time anymore. And then that Monday morning alarm goes off and your body's like, wait, we're supposed to be sleeping right now. What's going on? So one of the best things that you can do to optimize sleep quality is go to bed and wake up at the same time every single day, Monday through Monday, or within an hour of each other maximum. Don't go any, any more than that. So that's number one. Uh, number two, how you can tell if your sleep is poor quality is if you have any trouble sleeping at all, if you have trouble falling asleep, if you toss and turn throughout the night, if you wake up and you're still groggy, if you need multiple cups of coffee to get you going, if you're tired throughout the day, um, you know, all of those things are very telltale signs that you are sleep deprived and that you need better quality sleep. So it's like being groggy or experiencing brain fog or being irritable or experiencing excessive stress or being too sore from a workout. Like those are not normal things. There's things that society has deemed as normal because so many people suffer from sleep deprivation. But once you get better quality sleep, I always say sleep is the rising tide that raises all ships. Once you get better sleep, like everything else in your life will start to improve. No, I 100% agree with that. Even today, like I got, you know, around six, six and a half, maybe seven last night. And even still, like, I, I just don't, I, I don't, I didn't feel earlier. I, I'm feeling good now. But like those first couple hours I was awake, just felt like a little lethargic, felt like I couldn't focus. Um, I also usually work out in the morning. I didn't work out this morning. So again, like breaking the, um, the routine or rituals, as I know you like to address them as, um, can alter our, our brain and, and the way that we think is we feel like we're supposed to be do something, be doing something when in fact we're, we're not at, at that specific time. But um, humble brag real quick, everybody, you know, I did do dry January, um, which is over now, but as we're recording this in February, but I, I, I've, I wanted to ask you about alcohol and like how that affects sleep because, you know, you go to college, you go out on a Saturday night, you go to bed at 3am. Say you go to bed at two, 3am you don't wake up until noon and oh, like literally like, like I'm literally, I know people, cause I, I never thought this was true, but I, I know people would be like, Oh, like, like I'm fine. I, I still got like t 10 hours of sleep. Like I, I'm fine. Like it helps me sleep. There's like the notion that people literally think that they're getting good quality sleep just because they're sleeping longer when they drink. So yeah. I'm curious on your take on that and how alcohol affects sleep. Oh, yeah, I'm, I'm very familiar with this. My time in the Marine Corps, that's you're basically describing it. You know, 
I thought that I was quote unquote fine or, you know, getting by, I, yeah, you're getting by. If you want to get by, you could do whatever the fuck you want. You could sleep four hours, drink, fucking party. You could do all that shit to get by. But the people that I coach and the people who come to me don't want to get by. We don't want to be mediocre. We don't want to be average. We don't want to lead the lives of normal society. Fuck that. So yes, you can absolutely continue getting by, but you're going to feel like shit. And if you are getting uh, poor sleep and drinking and you think you don't feel like shit, that's only because you don't know how good you could feel because mm. this baseline of shittiness has become your normal. And you don't even know what it feels like to thrive because you've never been there. Right. So it's like the person who eats McDonald's their whole life, who thinks they feel fine. It's like, no, you don't stop eating that shit and watch how better you can feel. So yeah, alcohol fucks up your sleep pretty bad. Obviously, it's going to depend a little bit on, um, you know, the individual based on your genetics and how much alcohol, the timing of the alcohol, things like that. But um, so for me, uh, I've tracked it when I do drink. Uh, and almost always the quality is reduced because alcohol suppresses melatonin, which is the sleep hormone. Um, not I've created a, a whole... A PDF and video course actually on my best alcohol strategies and hangover remedies. So if anybody wants that, I can send you the link. Uh, it's only seven bucks. So less than the cost of one drink. And it's like a 20 minute video that details every little hack and, and tip that I do to mitigate my, uh, my brain fog and grogginess when I wake up the next morning after I do drink. But yeah, alcohol does reduce the quality of your sleep. And it's not that so people say that it helps them sleep. It does not. It helps you pass out. It helps you go unconscious. So you're not necessarily sleeping. You're unconscious. But the quality of that sleep is almost non-existent. That's why you wake up and still feel like trash. Is because your brain was not healing and recovering. It was just like basically turned off. You know, it's the same thing with sleeping pills. They don't actually help you sleep. They just help you go unconscious. So that's what that's what people mean when they say alcohol helps them sleep. It doesn't actually help the quality. It helps them go unconscious for a few hours. Okay, I got you. So there's a difference between just being unconscious and actually getting like good deep or REM sleep. Exactly. Yeah. Okay, that makes sense. Because alcohol suppresses melatonin. The same thing with light exposure. If you're on your phone or watching TV, or all the lights are on before bed, that suppresses melatonin production. That's another reason why people have poor quality sleep. Both of those, the alcohol and the light are going to reduce the quality. So the REM, the deep. So it's like, yeah, you're unconscious, but you wake up still feeling groggy, never feel fully rested. That's why. And what I found fascinating too, is that by increasing your levels of vitamin D you're getting and like going outside within the first, what is it like they recommend like the first hour of waking up and getting like a specific amount of sunlight that can actually like that in turn helps like you get to sleep and get that good quality of sleep. Is that correct? Well, ideally, as soon as the sun comes up, you mm -hmm. want to be out there. Um, so, but yeah, if you're just starting as soon as you wake up, get out, watch the sunrise. And some of this is going to depend a little bit on your chronotype. Um, 
which sleep doctor Michael Bruce uh, came up with this. It's a free test anybody can take. The power of winquiz.com. It's free. It takes like five minutes. Everybody go take that. It will determine your chronotype. Uh, and based on that, you can watch his videos, can define your ideal schedule. But yeah, watching the sunrise first thing in the morning is, I say, the number one thing that you can do for overall health, happiness, and productivity. Like people ask me what they should start with. I say, start by watching the sunrise. Like, <laughs> that's it. Watch the sunrise. If you do nothing else, go watch the sunrise. Because exactly what you just said, the bright light, specifically blue light that the, the sun emits in the morning, shuts off your body's melatonin production. So it wakes you up in the morning. And it also resets it for approximately 14 to 16 hours later that night. So you actually wake you up in the morning and you get better quality sleep that night because it sets your circadian rhythm. In addition to that, the sunlight also increases uh, dopamine and serotonin levels. So it makes you feel better, more positive. You're able to be more productive throughout the day. Uh, you don't really get much vitamin D production in the morning. That's more afternoon light. Um, so you want to be constantly exposing your body to sunlight. So I, my recommendation is like 10 to 15 minutes in the morning, at least 10 to 15 minutes in the afternoon, and then 10 to 15 minutes during the sunset. But in general, the more sunlight exposure you can get, the better. Obviously, that's going to depend a little bit on what time of year it is, your skin comp complexion, where you are in the world. That's going to depend on the intensity of the sun. Uh, so if you're interested in that, I recommend the D-Minder app. It's a, an app that you can type in all those variables and it will tell you how much sun exposure to get. Dude, this is this is good stuff because this is stuff like I'm, I'm curious about and interested in myself. Just I'm always trying to optimize my health, trying to feel completely alert and awake when it's time to be and focused and then be able to wind down when it's time to wind down because um, yep. that's, that's just as important. What... What about, I know there's so many people include like, including myself, honestly, like I get up pretty early and I go to bed, not as early as I should, but you know, I, I would say like earlier than average. So like, say I get up at five in the morning, is it just as bad to get up and like, not right away, but like maybe like 45 minutes after, so like 545 hop on the computer and start doing like say like some creative work or like banging out emails before the day starts. Is that just as bad as like 12 o'clock at night, like 1231 o'clock at night, like staying up super late, getting that done? What's your, what's your take on that? No. So it depends. Mm. Um, I would say it's better than 12 at night or, uh, you know, one for sure, because you're supposed to be getting light exposure in the morning that, you know, you're supposed to get woken up by that. Now, of course, it's not uh, ideal because it's not the sunlight. Um, and in terms of starting work that early, I wouldn't recommend the first 45 minutes after waking up, diving into work, I recommend at least the first hour after waking up to set that aside for yourself and personal development, things like journaling and meditation and reading, uh, because your your brain is the most receptive, I believe, to new information the first like 60 to 90 minutes after you wake up. So if you start your day by checking your phone, and looking at the inflammatory social media or God forbid news feed, that's just going to set the whole rest of your day in a tone of negativity 
and like bitterness. So don't even touch your phone first thing in the morning. Start doing something else. Um, that being said, you know, you can jump into work in the morning. I would say after that hour for yourself, so you can center yourself first and then get into the day. Um, so, so yeah, it's just going to depend. And there's different, like I have a, an app on my computer called Iris, and that's going to reduce some of the blue light. So you can switch it. I use health mode during the day, which blocks some blue light and then sleep mode during the evening, which just turns your computer screen completely red. You can also wear screen uh, blue light blocking glasses to mitigate some of the effects. So there's a lot of things that you can do. I wouldn't say it's necessarily bad, but not optimal. Sure. And what about working out? I'm curious, is there like an optimal time for, and I know like working out is relative and you know, it could be cardio or it could be strength training or it could be yoga. Like working out is very relative and like in the sense, but for someone who works out a few times a week on a daily basis, is there an, we'll call it, is there an optimal time for exercise? Yes. And that's going to depend on your chronotype. So that test okay. that I mentioned, go take that. That will tell you optimally when you, you know, when you can work out for a lot of people, it's um, morning for a lot of not super early morning. Um, and again, this is going to depend on the type of exercise, which we can get into a little bit. Uh, some people it's going to be early evening because that's when like testosterone peaks, grip strength peaks, body temperature peaks. Um, so it, it's going to vary a little bit. That being said, a lot of people, if you're not an entrepreneur, at least don't have, I was going to say, don't have control. You do have control because it's your choice, but a lot of times they're dictated by their work schedule. So the best time to work out is when you can work out. Caveat to that is don't work out within four hours before bed, because then you'll actually get, you might actually be doing more harm than good because it's reducing the quality of your sleep. Going back to whether or not it's good to work out in the morning. Yes, that doesn't have to be an intense workout though, but just some form of movement to raise your core body temperature and get the blood blowing because sunlight movement uh, and meal timing and cold showers are, but mainly the first three are the three major drivers of your circadian rhythm. So I, we are talked about the sunlight. That's number one, most important for circadian rhythm, helping you sleep. Um, number two, I don't know in order, but it's meal timing. So if you eat first thing in the morning, that can be good because a meal sets your digestive process going. It raises your core body temperature. Same thing as the sun. Uh, so does exercise. So you want your core body temperature to raise in the morning and you want it to drop in the evening. So everything in your life kind of revolves around the rise and fall of the sun, your circadian rhythm. And once people realize this, then it becomes a lot easier to live a healthy lifestyle and you don't get jet lagged anymore because you understand these concepts. So get some form of movement in, in the morning, whether that's yoga, body weight exercises, something light, go for a morning walk you know, and then save your workout if you want for later morning, afternoon, whenever. Okay. And I want to quickly touch on something there that you pointed out was, you know, eating first thing in the morning. Um, I know a lot of people think that they shouldn't. And there's obviously like so many advocates for intermittent fasting or like, you know, 
condensing that feeding window to give yourself, your body, like your digestive system time to kind of like relax. Mm-hmm. Um, what's your thoughts on that? I love intermittent fasting. I fast for 14 to 16 hours every single day. Okay. Uh, meal timing is going to depend again on the individual. This is why I do personal coaching because everybody's so different. Um, if you're trying to set your circadian rhythm, so say you're traveling to Europe and you want to get your circadian clock on that time zone, or maybe you've had a, a horrible sleep schedule, you're going to bed late and waking up late and you want to move that back then you want to do everything in your power to reset that circadian rhythm. So the sun exposure, the meal timing, and the workout. So you want to do all of those things. If you're not trying to reset your circadian rhythm, then it's not a big deal. You can not eat breakfast and wait till lunch. So it's going to depend a little bit. I only typically recommend my clients uh, eat first thing in the morning if they are resetting that circadian rhythm. Other than that, we usually intermittent fast. Sure. Okay. That makes sense. So I want to talk a little bit about like high level entrepreneurs and, you know, you've talked to a bunch, you coach a bunch and the more and more I study like high level entrepreneurs is that they do preach these sort of optimization techniques that you, that you teach yourself. And they talk about like that they do sleep now, but they don't always talk about some do some um they talk about when they were building their business or when they were really like just starting out and building the base uh for their career like they didn't sleep that much like they would sleep like you know a few hours a night maybe um and even people like Jocko Willink who talks about like he's like I love sleep I do it almost every night you know um what do you like I guess people will will think look look at a person like Gary V or Jocko or Goggins or somebody else like that and be like, you know, I I need to be like them. Like I I'm not gonna like I can sleep once I get to that level. So I was just curious, um, you know, what you thought on, you know, the whole hustle 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 mindset and uh, and all that. Yeah, well, how you get there is by prioritizing your sleep. It's ridiculous that people think that they can accomplish what they want to accomplish by sacrificing their sleep because you're when you sleep that's literally when your body and your brain repair themselves so if you're working out and you're getting poor quality sleep you're actually making yourself weaker by working out if you have a cognitively demanding job and you're using your brain every day and you're not getting good quality sleep you're not going to remember anything that you're doing. You're going to have brain fog. You're not going to be able to perform. You're literally making yourself sick, stupid, and weak by not sleeping. It's just a matter of time before people start to realize that. And I love that you give the Gary Vee example because people think that he sleeps like four or five, six hours tops a night. He's said many times, like the minimum that he gets is six, you know, unless there's some, you know, crazy situation but um yeah he gets seven to eight hours of sleep a night he prioritizes sleep because he understands the importance of it um so it's not that you have to cut back on sleep to get to where these people are you have to prioritize your sleep to get to where they are Mm -hmm. and then not just that you have to use your time effectively when you're awake people think that to to get more time out of the day or to be more productive They have to take that time out of their sleep. No, look at what you're doing throughout the day. 
how much time are you spending mindlessly scrolling on your phone? How much time are you spending watching Netflix? Do you really need to be spending 90 minutes, two hours in the gym? No, you just need to use that time more effectively. I like that. I like that a lot. And I'm glad you brought up the Gary Vee example because I follow him very closely and he's one of the reasons why I've started doing the entrepreneurial things that I do. And he talks about how he gets seven, eight, nine, even 10 hours, like if, if he can. So, um, you know, it's that being said, I do believe Gary Vee is somewhat sleep deprived. I, I didn't get to <laughs> ask him this on my interview, but we're right. spending the whole next podcast because I'm interviewing him again next year about his health and wellness routine. Sure. Um, and I, I can almost guarantee you that he's not getting optimal quality sleep. And that just goes to show like if you can be as productive and, and high energy as Gary Vee on, you know, that seven, eight relatively high quality of sleep imagine what he could do if he had like a high performance coach optimizing the quality of his sleep right so yeah i'm excited to, to talk to him about that next year no totally and uh, dude i just want to say this has been awesome it's been great to get to talk to you and i've learned so much and i think anyone listening to this is going to get some tremendous value and if you want to learn more you can go check out his website captain's lifestyle captain's lifestyle program and coaches coaching services that you offer but um, just a few more quick questions here for you. One is, what are you most excited for in the future, either with your personal life, your business, whatever it may be? What, what really excites you and lights you up? Yeah, good question. That is the pursuit and eventual culmination of my purpose, which is to make thriving standard. So everything I do, Every morning I wake up, it's like, okay, I have to put in the work to inspire people to make thriving standard. So obviously there's a lot that goes into that. You know, we've talked about the six pillars, all of that plays a role. Um, and one of my core values is inspiration. So I do what I do, obviously for myself, but then to inspire change in other people so they can go out and do these things too. And that's what excites me is that my influence has been growing tremendously over the past few months. And I could almost care less about my own personal accomplishments. It's more of, you know, I measure success by the people that I impact. And I've been getting so many messages recently about, you know, hey, I saw you do this. So I went to the gym or I saw you do this. So I started eating better or I'm prioritizing my sleep now, whatever it is. I love getting those messages. So that is what excites me is to see more people to have this click in their brain. Like, okay, if I want this, I do have to prioritize sleep and I can eat healthy and exercise and still have time to do, do all these other things and essentially live the captain's lifestyle. That is what excites me. Hell yeah, dude. I love that. I really want to quick ask you, it just reminded me. Um, I'm sure, cause I'm sure a lot of people listening to this are curious as well. What does, uh, what does a day in the life of Captain Morgan entail? How do you live your life? <laughs> I don't think you have enough time on the, on this podcast. Um, I got you. I'll give uh, I'll give like a, a brief overview. So, disclaimer: I don't recommend this. So, what works for me is not going to work for you. What works for somebody else is not going to work for the other person. That's why I do one on one individual coaching. So, I wake up at three a.m. and the first thing I do is I read my MVVP, Mission, Vision, Values, and Purpose. 
I've got that taped up on my bulletin board. So wake up, turn on the lights, read that. So I remember my purpose, remember my vision, why I'm doing what I'm doing. And then I hop in the cold shower immediately after that. Uh, then I continue with the morning ritual. So I lay on my grounding mat while I do red light therapy on my balls, which increases testosterone. I've got an in-ear light producing device because I wake up before the sun rises. I still need that bright light. Uh, so I use the human charger in my ears uh, to help set my circadian rhythm. I do all of that while I'm journaling. I've got three different journals that I write in depending on what the topic is, the daily stoic being one of them, highly recommend that book. Uh, and then I'll plan my day, like make sure there's nothing that I'm missing. I will time block everything out. And after that, I will usually read. Um, after reading, I will update the Captain's Lifestyle crew, which is my private online mastermind with whatever I learned for that day. And after that, I'll usually create an Instagram post, post that on multiple different platforms. And after that, engage with, you know, I get so many DMs and that I, I keep up with and, and comments. So I engage with all those people, which, you know, I made the like, uh, like it's a hassle, but I, I love that. You know, it's, it's time consuming, but I love it. Uh, after that, it's about 7am. So the sun's coming up, take my dog, go out for a run, watch the sunrise, run back, maybe eat breakfast, maybe do a quick workout, maybe read some more. Um, from then it's, it's into my workday. So whatever I've got for the day, recording podcasts, uh, doing emails, um, sponsorship deals, posting more, uh, working on the crew, coaching calls, whatever it is. And then in the evening, then the wind down ritual is, uh, so I go to bed at seven because I wake up at 3 a.m. So as soon as the sun goes down, put on my blue light blocking glasses. So I'm not getting into that artificial light exposure. Uh, read again, meditate, practice gratitude, um, journal. If I feel any thoughts going through my head, take my nightly supplements. And that's, you know, condensed version of, of day in the life. No, I appreciate that. And to me, like listening to that and to anyone else listening, that's like, holy shit, this guy's able to do a lot and he still sleeps for eight quality hours a night. So yep. you're a perfect example of it's possible. And I, I, I was thinking about this earlier about you. I was like, you're basically like a Ben Greenfield that people can understand and relate to. <laughs> wow. Thank you. That that's one of the best compliments I've ever gotten because Ben Greenfield is uh, he was one of my mentors, one of the guys who I get a lot of my information from. I don't know if you can see, but I've got Boundless back here. Yep, I see it. Fa mm -hmm. Fantastic book. Yep. Good. Well, yeah. I mean, I I love Ben too, and but a lot of time I'm like, God, dude, like you just lose me sometimes <laughs> because you get so. Sizing. I mean, me too. He's like so high level because he went to mm -hmm. school for a lot of this stuff, so he understands it on like a molecular level, and he's been doing it for. I'm so much longer than me, like 20 plus years. So I'm sure I'll get to that level at some point. But now, yeah, still a lot of the stuff that he says flies over my head as well. Yeah, man, that's that's a good mindset to have. Always learning, learning every yeah. day, always getting better. So I love that. Um, my last question for you is when you hear the word ambition, what does that mean to you? And how do you how does that apply to your daily life? The first word that came into my mind was masculinity. 
because men need to be ambitious. We are the, we are goal oriented. We are action takers. We get shit done. Uh, and in order to do that, you must be ambitious. So I mentioned earlier, like we don't settle for average, like fuck being mediocre, fuck getting by. Like we're here to be ambitious, to reach these goals. I caveat to that. I also think we need to redefine what success looks like for people. Because if your ambition is to make a million dollars and you'll be happy when you hit that, that is not the case. Like, so your ambitions need to be more service driven. That's why I work with impact driven entrepreneurs. I don't work with anybody who just wants to get better for the sake of getting better for themselves, for selfish reasons. I help people improve their lives so then they can go improve other people's lives. So when I think of ambition, it's yes, work on yourself with the underlying purpose of benefiting society in a better way, if that makes sense. That's beautiful, man. I love that. And I think that's a great way to wrap this up. Um, dude, I just want to say thank you for taking the time to chat with me today. It was a, I think there's a lot of value to be extracted in this conversation. I was, um, you know, I'm just very grateful for your time and I know uh, how much you have to do in each day. So, so thank you, man. Where can people find you? And um, you know, if they feel inspired to um, apply to your one-on-one -on -one coaching. Yeah. I just want to make a, a quick little uh, switch to your language. So you mentioned all of these things that I have to do in a day. I don't have to do any of this. I get to get, do I get to do this. Right, 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 right. That is transformational. Once people understand that have to, to get to, that's a, that's a big switch. Uh, to answer your question, uh, yeah, my social media, uh, primarily active on Instagram, which is where you found me at captain underscore Taylor underscore Morgan. Uh, who knows how much longer I'll have that with the social media powers, you know, silencing a lot of people. So uh, I would also say to subscribe to my email list. You can uh, head over to the captainslifestyle.com. There should be a pop-up for the 432130 method which is a free download of my nightly ritual. Um, get that. It's free. tells you how to sleep better. And that will also subscribe you to my email list. Uh, and on the website, you can also find out more information about the coaching if you're interested. Have to versus get to. Something I, I, I've definitely heard before, but always have to remind myself of. So thank you for that, brother. And I appreciate you as always. And I'll be sure to link all of that stuff in the show notes. And yeah, man, you're doing an awesome job. And I am looking forward to following along with you and your journey and learning from you. Thanks, Tom. Appreciate you having me.